How we doing? This is Rob Foster with RBF Fitness and Nutrition. People upgrade their iPhones, they upgrade their Androids, they upgrade their laptops, but they're operating with the same brain that they operated with for the last decade. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. You know why you do what you do. So racism, it's out there, but it doesn't have to stop you. Just because somebody might look at you a certain way, that doesn't have to stop your forward progress. When you have to eliminate the excuses, you gotta make that game plan say, for me to get to that point. I gotta say, it never gets old watching that intro video. It's like just the journey along the way, just like, wow, it's just amazing that I was able to accomplish all that. So sorry, I just had I just had to pat myself real, real quick. So, <laughs> all right, so welcome. Shut up and grind. This is episode number 82 with your host, Robert B. Foster. So today we're gonna talk about cultivating relationships. So as you all know, we take a find, find guests from all over and we talk about the background story, but somewhere in that background story, there's a transition that had to be made. And with every single guest I've had on, and we've had guests on from all over the world, and it's the same thing. Somewhere in there is where they step into that passion. And that's the part that we want to focus on is making that transition because too many times in life we get stuck somewhere, whether we're stuck in a job we don't like, we're stuck in a relationship that's not fulfilling, or we're just stuck in our own minds as far as clarity and what it is that we want to accomplish. And so sharing these stories from from others, it's going to touch someone out there. Like Every guest that I bring on, there's someone out there right now that needs to hear their story. Right? And so helping me out with this conversation is Sonia Sala. We'll call her the relationship cultivator. Welcome to the show, Sonia. I love that. I love that title, <laughs> the relationship cultivator. <laughs> How are you doing today? Fabulous. Fabulous. Thanks awesome. for asking. I'm it's almost as good as you. Look, I'm almost as good as you. <laughs> I do this all the time. That's like, that's my thing. I do that all the time. <laughs> maybe, maybe because it makes my shoulder pop. I don't know. So, but <laughs> I don't think it would do that for me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's dive in. Let's find out more about you before we get into our main topic. So in 60 seconds or less, you know, who is Sonia? So Sonia, me. I am a multi-passion, multicultural, multi-persona. Um, yeah, so that that's me definitely in 60 seconds or less. I am the multi-woman, I would say. <laughs> that's a first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so multi multi-passion. Like take me through that. What does that mean? So I have a divergence of passions, right? I I I like nature. I like puppies. I like humans. I like food. I like travel. I like exercise. Not like you, but I like exercise. <laughs> I like music. I like art. I like, you know, it's just, I have so many interests that um, I'm not just focused on one thing. 
Mm. So multi-passion. Yeah. And one leads into the other, I find, you know, okay. curiosity in one leads me to something else. Yes. Reading, so, music. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. So fun fact, because people say this to me all the time. <laughs> like, I don't love to work out. <laughs> it's like, it's like pe people think, that, you know, I don't love to work out like you do. I'm like, who said I love it? <laughs> I said, like, I'm an, I'm an athlete. I'm a competitor. And in okay. order, in order to stay relevant in my sports, I have to stay in shape. Absolutely, <laughs> that makes I mean? perfect sense. Makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. like, I'm, I'm not one of those guys that gets a dopamine mean rush because I just deadlifted so much weight. It's like, ah, like that's just not me. It's not. <laughs> but but I know to stay in the shape I need to be in, I got to put that work in. Correct. So just Correct. Wanted to, wanted to share that little fun fact. <laughs> All right. We got that one now. We got that. <laughs> All right. So now multicultural, right? What does that mean? So multicultural. My parents came from two different countries, actually, okay. and two different religions. Oh. And I lived and grew up overseas. So I am multi. And right. that, that's what created the multi-passion, obviously. Okay. What, yeah. two, what two countries? So my father, originally Egyptian. My mother, Swedish. Oh, she was she was born in the states though, um, yep. but her her family was the ones that came over, and she was the one born here. Yeah. Okay. All right. And what were the two religions? Uh, Protestant and Mo Islam, Muslim. Okay, that must have been an interesting dinner table. Mm, yes, for me it was <laughs> always interesting because. It wasn't because of my parents. My parents shared the two religions, um, okay. but it was the people outside of, mm. of those religions, right? So they gotcha. would say, no, you must be a Christian. No, you must be a Muslim. No, mm. it's better to be a Christian. No, it's better to be a Muslim. Yeah. So um, That's that, that non-judgment judgment. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So th that's where it really was like, oh, and people would argue about this, right? And okay. I saw um, a lot of fights happen over religions. I mean, there are wars over religion, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. So um, that's where the interesting conversation you asked about comes from. Yes. Okay. So yeah. how, how young were you when you started to notice that people were chirping about it? Oh, I, I probably was eight. Eight? Okay. And yeah. And, and how, maybe earlier, but I'm aware of eight. Yeah. All right. And how did that affect you? I I I didn't understand what the difference was. Yeah. I was like, what What are you all talking about? I'm I'm happy. I'm okay. My parents are happy. We're happy. Why? You know. And yeah, it just it it affected me in the sense of I'm stepping away from all this. I'm just stepping away. Gotcha. All right. So what what was your go to for a happy place? Like if things got stressful, like how would you bring yourself back into a happy place as, as a young one? As yes. a young one? Yes. As a young one. So <laughs> I would um, I would go and play. I, I'm an only child. So okay. I would go and I would read or I'd watch a movie or okay. a show. Yeah. So it took me out of where I was in. Gotcha. I used to climb trees. <laughs> okay, I didn't have trees where I was. So I was okay. living in Kuwait. And they oh. didn't have trees. No, wow. <laughs> there weren't okay. trees at that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Ku Kuwait's mostly desert, right? Yes, it definitely was. Yes. Okay. 
Gotcha. Yeah, I grew up in the woods. And if, I mean, I'm one of seven children, so the, the complete opposite side of the spectrum. But yeah, like if, if I just needed alone time, because again, this was long before, long before electronics and all that stuff. It but yeah, I would just I would just go climb up to the highest possible point in the tree and just sit there and just feel feel the breeze, you know. Yeah. And it's, and it's just fitting now that I love to hike. I love mountains, but like decompressing is is huge, and it's it's just amazes me how how different how 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 many different ways people take to decompress that's why i like i like asking these they they seem to be weird questions but like it's relevant know. You know, yeah yeah like, it's very relevant yeah yes yeah. people listen to this they'll be like oh yeah oh yeah i do that too or or i do this you know so it's, yeah. it's just good to see how other people handle it and it's interesting because as you're saying that what i would read a lot were comic books i loved comic mm. books and i would read them over and over and over um, because we didn't have access to a lot of books per se. But then yeah. when we got the books, I was like, oh, I'm reading books. And TV at that time was not 24 seven like today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> TV came on at like six o'clock in the evening and it was off by 11. I mean, that was it, that was it. Ooh, what'd I do? I don't know, oh, I oh, see okay. you. No, I thought I bumped you off by accident. I, I no, I'm right here, I'm here. Yeah, I'm I have pop-ups coming on my computer, so I'm trying to <laughs> shut, shut them off, so I must have opened one. <laughs> but they're just coming in rapid fire right now. Like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> All right. So what did you want, want to be when you were growing up? Like, what was your, your dream job when you were a child? You're gonna laugh. <laughs> I wanted to be president of the United States. Nice. That's yeah. what I wanted to be then. Yeah. Yeah. And then it evolved that I wanted to be a lawyer and then I wanted to be a psychiatrist and I didn't go to any of those things or do any of those things. <laughs> oh, I love it. You know what? I, I feel like as we continue talking, this is going to be relevant. And so, like I said, that's why, that's why I asked the questions that I asked because sometimes towards the end, it all it all ties in together. It really does. All right. So did you play sports at all? No. No sports. All right. Not and not at that point. Um, later, I guess the closest thing was volleyball and cheerleading. Okay. But um, that was that was later, right? Okay. Yeah. All right. So what, what other hobbies did you have? Hobbies. I didn't really have hobbies. No? Reading, movies, people. Yeah. Didn't really have um, a particular hobby. Well, no. I mean, I, I guess reading reading could be considered considered a, a hobby. Yeah, movies, watching you know. TV or whatever I could do. Um, but no, I I've never had one particular hobby. Even okay. to today, I would not say I have one particular hobby. Okay. See, right, multi so multi passion. I said that. <laughs> yeah, you did. So, all right. So, going into your like middle school into high school years, did you find like your peers in school would they would they take issue with you being multicultural? No, because I went to boarding school, ah, and and um, also when when we were living in Kuwait, it, they're international schools, so mm. the people are from all cultures and gotcha. all different varieties. So my peers, no, we never had. And in fact, what's so interesting, and I'm going to bring it up is that I hear that today it's become inappropriate to ask where are you from, mm. right? It's become inappropriate. Yet for us internationally, that's how we connected. Oh my God, you're from New York. I'm from New York too. Our yeah. parents were there. 
right? So it, it's a way for international to connect. And yet now it's become inappropriate. And it's, it's like, mm. okay, what am I doing? What am I doing here? You know? Yeah, no, what, what was once just normal, natural curiosity is now somehow it's racist or it's sexist or it's exactly. some ist. You know, some exactly. politically driven ist. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Like there, there was a guy, so sorry, there was a guy who was taking an Uber. He was um, a black guy taking an Uber. You know, the driver was white. You know, he'd lived down in East Greenwich, which is a pretty, pretty wealthy town here in, in Rhode Island. So the guy pulls up, you know, he sees this house. He's like, oh, my God, what do you do for work? And the guy made a big to do. And he made it into this big racial thing. Like, I know we're going off topic for a second. Right, right. No, but, but, we but, on it. You know, but it was like, if, if you flipped it, you know, you know, if you flipped it and, and the black guy was like, oh, my God, what do you do for work? That that's acceptable, <laughs> you know. But right. like that's that's right. what's going right. on now. It's natural curiosity. Like right. if I rolled up to anyone, it was like, and I saw this big, gigantic, beautiful. To me, it's a compliment. It's like, wow. It's like, what are you doing? That that you got all this, right? Exactly, know? exactly, yeah. exactly. It's not a judgment. It's a question. Yes. And I think that becomes the the story is, are we being curious or are we judging? Right. Yes. And for what I was going to is that for a lot of people it's helping to find a common common factor yes. is if I don't know you. So where are you from, Robert? Oh, yeah. you're from here. I'm from there. Oh no, I know nothing yes. about what you're talking about. What What is that like? You know, yes. it's, I, I think if you're coming from a curiosity and a bonding place, yes, it's a very good question. Yeah. And, and I really think the majority of people actually do like they're just genuinely cured. Like me, I have a very abstract mind, you know, very, right. very abstract. So when I meet people like I want to know their backstory, like I could come come here and we can just talk about business, you know, for the next hour. Right. But 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 I'll learn nothing about you. Right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know? it's exactly. Like so, so I shifted the format in the show because I used to do that. They would come on, I would have my you know ten to ten to twelve talking points, and we would just go through the talking points. And then I, the show would end. I'm like, I know not one thing about about the person I just spoke to for an hour. Right, <laughs> it's right, like not right, one thing. Right, right. So it's like, you no know what? Connection. There's no connection yes. that way. Exactly. And I and I believe um, we all want connection. Yes. that's what we want. Yes, and we get connection through asking questions. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. but for some reason that's being vilified now. All right. So, so anyway, so post high school, did you go to college? Yes, I did. Okay. I was in, in Maryland, an okay. all women's college, no less. Ah, man. which was interesting. What was I doing there? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I did. Yeah. So, um, what what were what you decide on for a major? International relations. Oh, okay. Perfect. Made perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Ties <laughs> right back into the multicultural. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. International relations. All right. What what did you hope to, to do with that degree? You know, here we go with the big dreams again. Was to create <laughs> peace in the world. Okay. Nice. That was that was the dream then, to create peace in the world. And what what did that look like to you at that time? I think it looked like being a diplomat. It was being a diplomat mm -hmm. at that time and, and um, going from country to country. Cause that was, that was what I knew. Yes. That was okay. what I knew. All right. So what was your first job post-college? Are you ready for this? I'm ready. 
It was in accounting. Oh, okay. So, so yeah. uh, I didn't somebody, see that coming. No, neither did I. Trust <laughs> me. So I, you know, a, co- a college friend said, you know, she's she's leaving the job and they need somebody to fill. And I was just graduating. They said, would you take it? And I was like, sure. So, are you ready for what happened? Six wow. weeks later, they fired me. I was wow. devastated. Wow. Devastated. How? I'm a college graduate. Yeah. I have experience. I speak languages. How could you fire me, right? Mm-hmm. It was the best thing that happened because it was very detailed and numbers and, oh, and doing checks, creating checks for people. And I would make mistakes. And they, oh, no, that was the best thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was the best thing that happened. How how many different languages do you speak? Three. Three, nice. Which one's obviously English? French and Arabic. English, French, and Arabic. Mm. Right. Good to know. Do do you need some translation? Is that is that oh no 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 (laughs) (laughs) still just building the story, building the story. Okay. You got a story going. (laughs) Hey, I'm the storytelling coach. This is what you are. This is what I do. (laughs) You are. I can't wait to see my story. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what'd you do after that? So I started my own company. Okay. Which was to help foreigners relocate in New York. Ah. And um, in the entrepreneurial spirit. And um, I, I set it up as a corporation, et cetera, et cetera. But I was not successful. I did, I did help and I did do some of that. But I wasn't um, knowledgeable enough nor disciplined enough at that time to right. do what needed to be done on a on a regular basis, whatever that was. Yeah. Okay. How did, how did you come up with, with that, with that for your business? People were asking me to help them when they were um, coming to New York and they didn't speak the language um, to help them adjust Okay. to being here in a new country. All right. So you identified a need and you created a business to address the need Correct. But but just you you just weren't who you needed to be at that time to make Correct. it happen. Correct. All right. So what did you do next? So then I worked in um, trade shows. So I was uh, an account executive for trade shows, selling trade show space and working the trade shows. Um, loved that because it was international. So like the international, this would be of interest to you, the International Bicycle Show. That's what it was mm. called then. Okay. Um and um, there was the International Leather Show. And so I worked those. And while I was working there, because I know what your next question is going to be. Because while I was working there, I was like, hmm. And we were booking rooms at hotels for, for the travelers coming, you know, taking blocks of rooms for the exhibitors and stuff. Yes. And I was like, ooh, hotels. So that was my next one, was hotels. Okay. And what'd you do at hotels? So I started right at the front desk, checking okay. the guests in. Hello, how are you? And that was when we had real keys, an actual key, oh, not, yeah. not a card. <laughs> we had a key. I'm showing my age, which is okay. I like my age. So it was an actual key that we, so I started checking in there. Yes. Okay. And I was like, ooh, this, I need to go into a career here. And that's what I did. Okay, so now... Did you still want to do something on your own, even though it didn't work out on the first go around? 
No. Okay. I really, no. At that point, no. All right. So then what, what made you want to get back into it? Like, when did you have that switch? Uh, 11 years ago. 11 years ago? Mm-hmm. All right. And, and so how much time went between, between 20 years. the first one? 20 years? Okay. And between, yeah. So about 20 years. All oh, right. between when I first had my, my own business? Yeah, yeah, when you had the first one. Probably about 22, 24 years. Okay. All right. Something like that. Time right. is irrelevant in my world, but go ahead. <laughs> All right. So what made you want to get, get back into it? Um, you know, it, it's, it was wanting freedom. Yes. Wanting freedom to come and go as I wanted. I, w- I wanted to travel more than I was able to travel. Because when you work for a company or for someone, yeah. you're on their schedule more or less. Yep. And you only have so many time, so many days that you can take. And I was like, "Oh no, this is not working for me." And I realized that, right? Yes. So that's that was like, "Oh, I need the freedom to travel more, to be out there more, to to make my own hours too." Yes. Yep. Make own hours. Yeah. And and as I said when I did my my intro in the beginning, that I've had guests from all over the world. And they all say the same thing. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, like what, yeah. what you just said, I said it. I had that same aha moment myself. Like I can't do this anymore. Like I'm tired of having to ask permission to go on vacation. <laughs> you know, like right, pe- right. people deciding how much my time is worth. Right. You know, it's like here's the right. position that pays this much. Right. You know, and it's like I like I wanted to be in control of all of that. So like if I want to do something, I can just go do it. You know, like I, I got tired of missing all the stuff with my kids, you know, missing the, right. the after school exactly. chorus and exactly. missing, the, you know, the weekend gatherings at my parents' house. Like I just got tired of missing everything. Well, it's, it's like not only that, them. but I think it's also missing your ability to be creative. You're allowed to yes. be creative in your position to a point. That's and true. then there's that point. And we're not even talking about money and income, right? So yeah. we're just talking about the ability to be in control of your life. Yes. Yeah, to that's, do the things that you enjoy. Right, exactly, exactly. It, like, that's what's lost in the education process. You know, just like you said, you know, because everyone, everyone's taught the same. So those people that have the abstract minds and those people who, who like to invent things or whatever, like a lot of them kind of get stuffed into a box because they're not allowed to dream, you know, and... And again, that's why I started going back into people's backstories because I find it fascinating just from like what they wanted to do, what they ended up doing, how their inner circle treated them as they started to make the shift. Right. And, you know, and then to, to, doing, to doing what they're doing. But it all comes back to that one moment where people are like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think, think that's what the audience resonates with because so many people are right there. Right. You know, and then, then these conversations can help people say, you know what, they were able to step into to their passion. Like maybe it's time for me to step into mine. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And and luckily we found it. Right. Some people don't. Yes. This is and, true. <laughs> you know, so being multi-passioned, <laughs> I still have more passions to go. <laughs> <laughs> See, it, and, and I think, too, it's not even so much that they don't find it. They know like they know 
I don't want to say they know. It's there. It's within them. So, like, what I do with people is kind of how we're talking now is we, we, we get on Zoom or StreamYard. I have a notebook, and I talk to them. And right. then just as people talk, I, I jot stuff down. Because sometimes people say something, and they don't even realize it's pure gold. So, so I was like, whoa. I was like, wait a second. You just told me X, Y, Z. It's like, you know, you can teach that to someone else. Correct. It's like, there you go. That That's all it takes to start a business. You know, well, I so. think I think you know you're you are 100 percent right about that. The the other factor is fear, right? Yes, yep. That's a huge factor that um, holds a lot of people back. On men, even entrepreneurs, it holds us back on some things, right? Yes. So um, to to make that change, to make that jump, um, there's there's a lot of reasons that people don't. Yeah, a lot like, of it is that they think that they need more than they actually do you know so like starting starting this this podcast i thought i'd have to go through all this stuff and spend all this money and you know the first guide i got said take your take your smartphone record a video upload it to the site <laughs> i was like yeah that's it <laughs> like that's all i have to do then then as i got started you know i was able to expand it and i, I got the intro video and I got the the coloring. I got the green screen, the lights, and everything. So, like, I was able to upgrade along the way, but right. I just I just had to start. Exactly. You know? and so like that's what I, what I try to to implore to people is to just start. So you get the idea that you want to get back into it. How did you start? Oh my! You know my, my current business is what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I was in hotels, hospitality, sales, and marketing. Yeah. And now I have switched to a whole different career, which is the nonprofit world. Yes. So <laughs> in some ways, there's no similarity. And in many ways, there's lots of similarity, right? But when I did this, so how did I switch was when I was in hotels, I was serving on boards. And so I got the feel for the nonprofit. I could serve on different nonprofits, serve my multicultural desires yeah. by working with different organizations, serving them. And um, when I decided hotels was enough, I said, okay, what am I going to do? Um, I want to go save the world. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go save the world. <laughs> Little did I know that I was not going to save the world. But um, look where we are. I did not save the world. So um, what I did, though, was I was trying to figure out which I wanted to go to the nonprofit sector. I knew that. Yes. But I didn't know how or what because it was new to me in many ways. So um, I obviously did research, did studying, but I couldn't decide on, on an area of focus. I couldn't decide on arts or education or health or because why? Multi-passion. So it was very difficult. What helped me was that people I'd served on boards with asked me to come and work on with them in projects yes. in their nonprofits. And then it came to me, oh, I can be a consultant and serve my need and their needs at the same time. Yeah. And so that's, that's how that happened. Love it. Um, yeah. Love it. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm multi-passioned myself and every business coach that I've ever had has, has always said, you know, you have to focus in on one area. And I was like, but I'm good at a lot and I'm passionate at a lot. <laughs> I was like, so, so how do I just they're like just pick one? But that that's one thing in business that I don't have is I can't just cut people off. 
to right. focus on making money in one area. Like I, right. I, I just can't. I don't have. I don't have it. And, and I'm not one to admit defeat for anything. But that's something that I can't do. It's like I work with women's empowerment groups. Do I shut them off? You know, I work with inner city youth. You know, who are being raised without dads. Like, right. do I do I cut them off? Right. <laughs> you exactly. Know, like, I exactly. work with people getting healthier with fitness. You know, and I work with people create creating stories from from their their life experiences. So what I did was I spliced it all into one, and I called it "Shut Up and Grind." Right, right, right. You know? So it's like instead of just cutting one off, like I just need a niche where I can address all of those different de- different demographics. Well, I think that's that's a key. Is that it's it's great to be multi passioned. I think. But there are people who are single passioned, which is great too. You need both. I think you need both. I think, but when you're multi-passioned, you have something in common that goes through this. So you're not going to the women's group and teaching them art. And then you're going to the, the, the young children and teaching them exercise. And then you're going over there and teaching computer. And then you're going over, you're not doing that. You've got something in common that you're taking to a variety of places. Yeah. And that that's the key with multi-passion, right? Yeah. yeah. And the hustle, it's worldwide. It's worldwide. It's like, I've had people from India, from Thailand, from Australia, and everyone says the same thing, you know, like you, you got to put work in, you right. know, you got to put the work in. So it doesn't matter which demographic I'm talking to, you know, to your point, that's relevant. It's relevant right. to each group. So it's not right. like I'm crossing over, crossing over niches. Exactly. And I was like, I was like, there has to be a way I can combine these five areas into one central theme and then help them all. Right. It's working. So again, that's that abstract mind that work. Kudos to you. Well done. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. But back to you. Okay. Back to me. All right. So, so tell me, give me like an overview of how, of how you came up with the concept of your business and like, what's the business name and all that good stuff. So the business name is Uplifting Nonprofits. Ba-bam! There we go. Um, (laughs) I've always been a positive person and an upbeat person. So it made sense that I wanted to continue that into the nonprofit sector. The question was, how did I come up with what I do? Yes. As I said, when I was in hotels, I served on boards. And I was in sales and marketing. And I was doing, I was queen of sales, tap me, right? (laughs) And so I was doing fabulous. And when I was asked to serve on boards of nonprofits, it was like, you got a fundraiser. I was like, no problem. That's about money, asking for money. I don't have a problem. We're good. We're golden. (laughs) I went to ask and I couldn't ask. I couldn't ask for $100 because it's very different asking for money, sales, and nonprofit. There is a difference. Yes. There is a difference. The, the outcome, the value that we give on it is what's different. It's the value we give that's different. Yes. So I froze and, it, and I had to go through a process for myself to learn how to ask for money for a nonprofit. Yes. So when you ask for money for a nonprofit, Robert, can you give me $1,000 for the boys club, right? And you say... Yes, no. But for me to ask you, I'm thinking, what am I giving you for that $1,000? When I'm selling you this pen for $1,000, you're getting a pen. You're getting something. When you're giving me money for, you know, a nonprofit, in my head, it's like, 
why would you give me a thousand dollars if I'm not giving you a service or a product? Right. So it took me through a journey. And then when I started my organization, my my company, Uplifting Nonprofits, I was at first doing anything and every project in the nonprofit world, whether it was events, whether it was strategy, et cetera, finding my niche. And I realized that the majority of nonprofit leaders do not know how to ask for money. They know how to have an event. Robert, I have an event, come to my event. But I but didn't know how to go and say, Rob, can you can you donate a thousand dollars to this cause? Right. And so as I went through my journey, I realized many others needed to go through the journey. And so now I work with nonprofit leaders on coaching them how to fundraise and how to do it with ease and in their own voice. Because it's a challenge for many people to do that really is. When I first started my fitness business, you know, I came from the restaurant industry. And so there it's like, you know, you're selling food, like people, people right. are coming in to right. eat. Right. <laughs> you know, right. it's like exactly. coming in to eat. So, right. so that was, that was easy. I can upsell anyone, upselling drinks and, and all that, that other stuff, you know, items to go. Right. But, but then with, with, with the fitness business, it was almost like, you get that imposter syndrome almost mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, why are they going to pay me? You know, mm-hmm, like, why? Mm-hmm. like they can go to Gold's Gym. They can go to Bally's like they have options. Now I'm dating myself now with Gold's Gym and Bally's, but it's like they have options. It's like, why are they going right. to pay me? And I was so deathly afraid of sales. Like, I'm not even thrilled with it now. Like, I'm much better at it, but I still get that, those little butterflies in there. But I, I had to learn. Like it got it got to the point where I bought a software so that people could book classes online. So so I I'm like, yeah, yeah, just go on the site, all the packages are there, pick the one you want, and, and we're good. So that way I didn't have to do it face to face. That's what's happened in the fundraising world, right? Like giving Tuesday and you go online and you book yeah. it, you know, you donate and oh, it's my birthday, donate to this cause or whatever. But what's missing is the connection. Yes. And it's the connection, whether it's your product, your service, or your agency, your organization, that that has someone with you. And you don't, you know, it's nice you give me $20 or I buy, you know, one, one class from you. But if I'm not aligned with you and we're not connected, then I'm walking. I'm gone. I want yeah. you to stay, right? And yes. so it's about connection. And, yes. and and we do, whether it's in sales or the nonprofit world, I think many just take this electronic way as the easy way or the event way. Come to my gym. I'm having wine and cheese so you can see what it is, as opposed to come to come see what's happening and why I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, it's. Yes. It's different. Yeah, like in like in the, the the business coaching world, you know, they always say you're, you're selling the end result, you know, you're selling the end result. And then in the nonprofit world, we can use the TV commercials as an example, you know, like helping the young kids in Cambodia. And then, you know, you, they, you show the conditions that they're living in and, you know, it draws, it draws you in or the ones with the puppies. Those are so heartbreaking, you know, but, but that's, that's, what they're doing they're, they're playing to the emotions because you're really not getting anything tangible. So you have to be, be able to sell what that money's going to fix. 
But what you're getting when you donate to a nonprofit is you're getting the opportunity to make a difference. Yes. Yes. And, that See, is and, really and that's what huge. you're selling, right? And that's what's huge. That is actually more valuable than a pen or yeah. a in some ways, a right? It's about a value. It's about giving value. And um, we have discounted the value of making a difference so that it's not viewed as important as the sale of Coca-Cola or what, what, or a hotel room or whatever. And, and they're all equally important because they all do different things and they satisfy different needs. Yep. But we forget that when we make a donation, that when I make a substantial donation, not when I'm buying Girl Scout cookies or I'm signing up for your marathon, $25 yeah. every mile, right? That, <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about. When I make a substantial donation, when I personally make a thousand dollar donation or five, whatever substantial is for me or 5,000, 10,000 yeah. might be a hundred dollars is substantial for me. When I'm making that donation, I'm making it from my heart because I want to touch and change what's happening. Yes. And that to me is so valuable, but we don't give it the value it deserves. I know. And that's sad. It's very, very sad. Like, and I'll even I'll even use myself because I always say you own the good, you own the bad, you own the ugly, right? So when I when I first got my driver's license, you know how they they always ask you to check the box if you want to be an organ donor, right? And I, and I was like, uh, uh, I was like, I was born with 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 this. I'm going into the ground with this, you know, right. and like and that was just my attitude back then in my teens and early twenties. I was like, no, no, no. And now we fast forward. To 2011, I donated a kidney to my sister. Right. <laughs> you know, so, right. so like going through that process and just seeing the magnitude of what she was going through because dialysis was devastating for her. Right. And so to the point where she was starting to skip it because it was okay. making her feel bad. And I'm like, yeah. Simone, you're gonna die. <laughs> I'm like, I'm right. like, right. like you have to go because right. there was there was some some time that we we had before we could do the surgery, but just attending the events that the organ um the organ coalition put puts on and just hearing the people's stories and one of one of the biggest tearjerkers were in Cleveland, Ohio in 2016 I participated in the US transplant games which is like an Olympic style competition okay. for donors recipients and donor families for uh, of uh, deceased donors and so at the opening ceremony there was like 3000 people in this arena and so a gentleman comes up on stage, he received a heart, a heart transplant. And so they didn't know that they found the donor's mother. And so they had her come up on stage and then everyone's cheering and one's cheering. And then, so she gets the microphone and she says, can I listen to my son's heartbeat, please? And so uh, she she comes uh, over. She puts her uh, head on on his chest, and yeah. everybody lost it. It's like yeah. everybody was yeah. crying. I was like, "This yeah. this is amazing." And I was like, I felt like such a jerk because I was like, I was so ignorant all this time, and not realizing the magnitude of what these people are going through. Well, let you know? me let me let me interrupt you because I think what you're talking about is beautiful, but maybe for me, I, I'm just. I'm being devil's advocate. Maybe okay. for me, I think that's beautiful, but my passion is um, orphans. 
I care about orphans, you know, all yeah. those children that don't have parents and da da da. Yeah. So if you were to approach me, because this is passionate for you, yeah, and tell me, and I say, you know what, I think that's beautiful, but I care about orphans. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I'm not with you. It just means what touches my heart more yes. is that. And what touches your heart more is that, right? Yeah. And so I think it's very important to realize that distinction that no one is saying no to what you believe in as making a difference. It's just mm -hmm. that everybody's making a difference is different. Yeah, true. I, I like that. You know, okay. so it, it's important to acknowledge you on that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make a meme out of that. Okay, that's good. Share it with me when you're done. <laughs> Share it with me. Making a difference is different. I like that. Yeah, yeah because, you know, in, in, a lot of, in a lot of views, you know, again, not to sh shift gears, but that, that happens in, in many areas in life where people en end up clashing just because ideals are different. You know, it's like I like Coke. I like Pepsi. It's like it's okay. Get your, I'll get my Coke. You get your pep, Pepsi. Let's chill. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's a lost start. So exactly. It really is a lost yes. start. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's appreciating people's differences. Yes. See, be multicultural. That's what you I know? said. You know, That's make the said. difference. <laughs> All right. So, how how long have you been you been doing this with the uplifting nonprofits? Eleven years. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and so where where were you based out of? I'm based out of my apartment. Should I tell everybody where I live? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they can Google it. Um, I'm in Queens, New York. But, you know, where plane, car, legs travel to, I go. Okay. Yeah. And where now, where, where technology goes, I go. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's how... I'm able to, to find find these people all over the world. Like it's it's insane. I've been I've been on an Australian news news station three times. Awesome. <laughs> right That's here awesome. from my spare room. Yes. <laughs> I, I think we've all learned how small the world really is. I think right? we also learned how little we actually need. Ooh. Ooh. You know, because just think about that. You know, when everything was shut down, it's like Wow, so I don't have to do all this. I really don't have to do all that. Like we're all still here, right? You know, yeah, yeah. You know, th those of us that survived the pandemic, obviously. No, I, I know what you're referring to. Yes, yes, yes. absolutely. Yeah. But you know, you got the politically correct people out there, so I don't want people leaving na nasty comments on here. So, <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to tell you something, and you'll understand this because you were in the restaurant business as I was yeah. in the hotel business. Mm. Not everybody likes chicken. Yeah. For real. <laughs> and once so you know that, you know, you're you're golden. You're golden. Once you realize not everybody likes chicken and you can't make them like chicken, mm -hmm. let them go and walk their path. It's true. So, so true. Yeah. One one part of my program is about assessing, assessing your support system. You know, because people always think that you have to completely distance yourself from people who may be negative or, you know, just not supporting your 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 beliefs, but depending on how close you are to him, if it's like you know a family member, you know you right. can't just cut cut out your brother. Right, but, right. But it's like you just you remove them from the conversation, you know. So like when I first decided I wasn't going to manage restaurants anymore, my my ex wasn't fully on board in the beginning, and so you know I'm I'm a dreamer, so I'd have all these things written down, all these ideas. I get excited about it, and then she would just crap on it, and I'm like. 
All yeah. right. So I'm just not going to talk to you about this. Correct. <laughs> you know, so Correct. like I'm going to stay Correct. in my bubble, call my Correct. friend. Hey, what do you think, think about this idea? Great. And then just when I'm with her, we just don't talk about it. Well, you know, there's a, there's an expression or a saying, and I, and I don't know it, but you go to people for advice who are experts in an area, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to come to you for fitness. I'm not going to, and maybe cooking, but I'm not going to come to you on how to paint. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm going to somebody else for that. You know, it's, it's knowing these things, right? Mm. Um, and sometimes we don't. And so we go to the wrong people or those that we feel should be on board with us, but they they are different yeah. so they're not and they they're on a different board yeah see you said a word earlier you said fear and and, and i'm finding people do that because they're actually afraid to move forward so you actually can fight in someone to kind of bring you back down mm. Mm. You know what i mean mm. so like like it kind of takes the focus off of your own fear right Right. And say, oh, well, you know, so-and-so doesn't think I can do that. You know, you, you know what I mean? So it almost like displaces the blame from, from yourself. But like what you're doing. So how, how do you like, how do you find these nonprofits that need the help in, in fundraising? Well, some of them find me. Okay. Um, referrals, obviously. Um, speaking engagements. Because when one's speaking, it makes the difference. Yeah. Um, speaking engagements, referrals, being in the nonprofit world, but also being in the for-profit world because board members are from the for-profit world. Mm. Right? So most board members are, are people in corporate America or entrepreneurs or some are nonprofits, but the majority of board members come from the business world, whatever that could mean. Um, you know, so I, I, I live in both. Okay. And I like both, right? Multi-passioned again, multi-passioned. Yeah. So I'm not a person who can be in one type of area at all. Yeah. I can't be, you know, I can't be with all women all the time. I love women and I, I belong to women's organizations, but I also need the two genders because there's a different energy, right? Yep. Um, you know, I moved to South Carolina in the 80s, and, and it was just, at that point, it was, it was just the people from that area, right? And so, no disrespect to them, but I, I was like, okay, I need other people. I need multiple people. <laughs> being, being multicultural, I need the variety, right? And so, it's accepting different cultures and different people but then choosing who you want to be with. Yes. And remembering it's a choice. Yep. It's always a choice. So true. So true. Like I constantly hear people saying that, you know, like, oh, this person is X, Y, Z. And I'm like, well, then just stop talking to them. Oh, I can't. <laughs> like you can. That's <laughs> like, I promise you, you can. You know, it's like one thing I noticed going through the process to donate the kidney is that I actually felt my mortality for the first time. Mm -hmm. You know, just thinking like, you know, you're born with two. Yeah, I get it. You can live with one, but you're born with two. Like you're born with two for a reason. Right. You know, I'm supposed to have two. I'm supposed to. I was born yeah, with them. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, just started getting, it was like a couple of days prior to the surgery, you know, just started getting nervous, you know, had weird dreams and stuff. Sure. 
Sure. But but like I felt I, I felt in that moment, I was like, I'm, I'm never going to do something I don't want to do ever again. Like, I'm just not going <laughs> to. And so I, I started saying saying no. And like even with my with my family, like my mom knows I love to hike. And so she'll, she'll say, hey, you know, we're, we're doing dinner on Sunday. Can you come down? I'm like, I'll come down. But after my hike, you know, you, know, you just said something. And I don't think people realize this. When you say no to something, you're saying yes to something else. Yes, absolutely. So if you're saying no, I can't come to dinner now, you're saying yes to the hike. Yes, exactly. And so it's okay to say no because you're saying yes to something else. Yep. Yeah, because I got tired of saying yes and then not wanting to be there. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. Oh. So as as selfish as it may sound, but it's like this is my life, right. <laughs> you know. It's mine. It's like right. I get I get to decide what I do with it, right? <laughs> you know, right. like it's on me. Like when I pass away, no one else is going with me, <laughs> you know. God, God willing, you know, no one else right. is going with me. So right. you right. know, like I want to I want to do the things that make me happy, and I want that example for my for my kids. Like I want them to do things that make them happy. You know, so the more that I'm doing it, it empowers them to do it as well. So they aren't shoved in a box and then, you know, live in 10, 20, 30 years doing something that they don't want to do. You know, it's it's interesting. You, you, you're 100% correct, but is that you said being happy. And I think that's the greatest gift we can give to anybody because I want to be, and I'm sure you do, and I'm sure your listeners do, you want to be around people that are feeling good, that are in a good space. It doesn't mean we don't all have bad days, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you want to be around people who are feeling good, who are loving what they're doing, who are appreciating life, who bring the joy, who see the beauty in things, right? So when you're saying yes and to things that do that for you, you have to say no to those things that bring you down because yeah. why do that? Then you're bringing everybody else with you down because yep. you're down, right? Oh, I don't want to be here. So now yeah. it shows. So guess what? I don't want to talk to you at dinner because you're in a yucky mood because you don't want to be there. Well, yep. if you're there because you want to, then I'm like, oh, I can't wait to talk to him. What's it all about? Da 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 da. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> even even in parenting, because as I said earlier, you know, I have five kids, and I started doing activities with them individually. Well, I have twins, so they're a package deal. But like, I went to Florida with my oldest daughter. And then I went to Florida with my youngest daughter after I brought the twins up to uh, Vermont, you know, and just like, because that that way there, it's not not a fight. It's not a, right. can, when are we going to leave? I don't want to do this. Oh, can I go sit in the car? You know, like, I, I don't want to deal with any of that. So so if, when I go with just one, we do what, what that one wants to do. Right. And, and it's just a great, a great getaway the entire time. Like, there's no fight in, there's no nothing. It's like, what do you want to do today? And we go do it. Right. And I, then I go with my other daughter. Same thing. What do you want to do while we're away? Twins, what do you guys want to do while we're away? You know, it's great. Now, when, when you're all together, how does that work? Oh, it, it, work, it works well. I mean, it works well. So, like, you know, we'll, like, we played, we went to the playground uh, last week. I mean, my kids are older, but we, we still we still go down to the playground. I go down swings still. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, like we're throwing a football around or we're playing basketball. It's, it's like everyone interacts well, but just, you know, people, people have different personalities. Right. You know, they have di- different likes. You know, right. so, so my oldest is 22. You know, my oldest daughter, she'll be 19 in July. And then my other daughter's 14. And then the, the twins are 12. So there's like, you know, a, a good size range there. You know, there's a 10 year range between the oldest and the youngest. So there's just different wants. Right, right. You know, so like, why do we all go? You know, to try to, to try to find a movie that all six of us want to see, <laughs> it, do, it doesn't always work out that way. So, <laughs> you know, so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take my girls to go see this. I'm going to take the boys to go see 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 this. And then if we actually agree on one that that we all want to see, then we'll all go. Right, right. You know, but I have no problem se- segmenting. You know, and, and I just sh- shared that going back to what we were saying about you know the negative or non-supportive people in your life. Like, like it's it's okay to keep to keep them them around but you just have to segment what you share with them right exactly you know? exactly so true all right. So, all true. Right. so so we have your website up here um yes how else how else can people get in touch with you i'm on linkedin so okay. that's the best place linkedin or on my website yeah or or you can email me okay what's your linkedin handle well it's linkedin sonia salah Oh, okay. Okay. There, there we go. <laughs> it's not, it's not, complicated, not complicated. I'm not complicated <laughs> at all. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. So that, that's the way they can get in touch with me. Um, and, you know, I work a lot with grassroots organizations. So, you know, and I'm open to answer questions. Every call is not a dollar, so they don't have to worry about that. But um, I am open to answering questions and helping nonprofits. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's one here called find your bold and they help like this, there's um, an obstacle course race here called Boulder, Boulder dash. And mm-hmm. the, fi- the find your bold takes people with disabilities and like they get paired up with say someone like my, my myself or, you know, an able-bodied person mm-hmm. and they help them through the obstacle course. I mean, they, they do a lot of other things too, but, sure, sure. but I mean, yeah, I would like to connect you with the, um, the head of that of that organization. That'd be great. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and do. and you know, it's a conversation, right? And there's a yeah. connection. And, and whatever happens yeah. afterwards happens or doesn't happen, but there's been a connection. Yes. Like you and I've had a connection. So yep. yeah, and and that's and that's what we do. We share information. Yep. Exactly. So this has been great. Thank you very much for joining. Thank you. It's right. been fun. Fun. And then, uh, give it. Give us a final word. A final word. Yeah. Make a difference. Make a difference. Love it. And I'll just add a your in there. Wait, right? wait, wait, make wait. Your wait. difference. Yes, yeah, so you could do that. Smile when you make smile. Smile. Life is all is all good. Actually, here's really what I want to say. There is beauty in everyone and in everything. Yes. And you just need to find it. And then you can make your difference. So so true. Now I know I said final word, but you just you just sparked something in my brain. So I was in North Carolina two weeks ago. I went to Chimney Rock State Park. It's a beautiful day, and some sometimes I feel like conversations are just meant to happen. So I was sitting down. I'm working on write, writing a book, which I've been slacking on, but I'm w- working on writing a book. So I was sitting out there. There's five picnic tables, so I'm sitting at one, and then this guy comes and sits at my table. <laughs> 
<laughs> when, when the other four tables are wide open, <laughs> right? But There's a reason. Yeah, but he sits at mine. And then we ended up talking for about 45 minutes. And we we never, like, swapped names or anything. Like, you know, he just sat down, just started talk, talking about what a beautiful day it was. And we talked about the Chauvin case. And we just talked about, you know, just people in general and, you know, striving for world peace. And, and then we just went our separate ways. But but it, it was just just a random and older older Caucasian man. I mean that doesn't matter. But just nowadays everything is r- racially profiled. But like it, it's almost like he just he just needed to to talk, <laughs> you know. So I sat there and let let him talk, and you know he kind of tiptoed uh, uh, with the Chauvin topic at first, but right. I, I could tell he wanted to talk about it. So I was like, go ahead. I said, share. I said, I, I'm a very easy person to talk to. I said so. You know, and you know, you gave, you might have given him an. I'm sorry, interrupting you. No, but go ahead. You may have given him an opportunity he may not know another black person, and yeah, so yeah. this gave him the opportunity to to exchange, to learn. Yep. You know, and so that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's like it, it's almost like that. That was meant to happen. It's like he rounded the corner as I'm sitting there. You know, so we chatted for, like I said, maybe not forty-five minutes, but like at least, least a, at least a half an hour. You know, it was just just a good open talk, just about the state of the world and just how how we just want to be happy. You know, just a great conversation. Yeah, you saw the beauty in each other. Yes, absolutely. And there is beauty in everyone. In everyone. Yep. That's awesome. So again, thank you very much. It was great talking to you. I'll be in touch with those connections. That'd be great. Thanks. And then, you know, then we'll see what happens from from there. Lovely. Have a great one. Thanks. Thanks. You too. All right. So for those of you just joining, you can go back, rewatch this whole thing because you guys know everyone that I bring on, they all have amazing stories. They have amazing journeys and it usually leads to some type of success where they're helping other people. So go back and watch this. See if it resonates with you. If, if you are a nonprofit or you know someone who, who has a nonprofit, connect them with, with Sonia. Because, again, as she said, you have a conversation and then you see where it leads. So there's no obligation for, for anything. And that's all I got for you for today. I am back on Sunday and I don't have my calendar up <laughs> for me yet. So I don't know who's going to be here Sunday. So, But I'll be back Sunday, 11 a.m., and then remember, reminder, the debate panel starts on June 7th, and I'm booked out through September. So we're going to have five guests plus myself, and we're going to debate the hot topics. I'm going to completely rebrand that one because, you know, debates have the uh, capability of getting ugly. Although I'm going to do my best to make sure everything stays on topic. But anyway, that's going to be a completely rebranded, renamed show. But that's going to be on Mondays at 11 o'clock. All right, so... So I got for you guys. Enjoy, enjoy the day, depending where you are in the world. It's a beautiful day out there. Get out there and enjoy it. Have a nice day. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. 
To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com slash speaks on Instagram at Robert underscore B underscore Foster on Twitter at RBF underscore fitness and on Facebook at Robert B. Foster. Till next time, shut up and grind. 